I'm Shreen Patek, and this is Starting Out. Today's podcast, where I talk to the leaders in the marketing industry about their personal stories that make them the prominent voices and decision makers in the business today. Managing Director of Wyden & Kennedy, Neil Arthur is an independent spirit who grew up as the only black kid in his California neighborhood. My, my dad's a, a funny dude. He, he grew up in Harlem, um, and my mom grew up in, in, in Huntsville, Alabama. And they met in college, and, and, and he just always was compelled. He'd had this kind of fantasy about living in living on a farm. So he did, and it's, it's insane, because like, where we ended up is in the middle of nowhere. Like there was just like there was one stop sign in the town, um, and you just couldn't feel more alien than, than I did, and I think we did as, as an entire family. It was a very unique sort of environment to grow up in because we had you know, horses and pigs and cows and things like that, but yet no sense of history with, with that sort of dynamic. So it wasn't like I grew up in a line of, of a lineage of farmers. Um, we were the first to ever live in anywhere like this, and we had no clue what we were doing. So it was definitely kind of figuring stuff out on the fly. And, and, and again, it, mm. um, and you were, you were the only black kid. You yeah, had- definitely. I mean, like not even close. Like there, was even, close. there wasn't even there was yeah there was there were no black kids in the area, um, and and I mean diversity it was it was a largely Mormon community, um, and uh, yeah there just there wasn't much in terms of diversity. Um, you know my family unit became incredibly important. It was like a, a you know it was it was an incredibly important, important nucleus. You know it was like it acted as such. Um, uh, so I never felt like. Um, you know, there, I was kind of at a loss, but it just felt. But I was keenly aware of it. Was, there was always this feeling of um, of being on the outside um, and n- not really feeling like I belonged anywhere. And that feeling was is is definitely like was is so much a part of I think my of who I am, um, and I can't escape it whether I want to or not. He may be the outsider, but he also became an independent spirit. At Wyden Kennedy, his independence found a home. On today's episode, I talked to Neil about how he stumbled into advertising, how the independent business model at Wyden Kennedy fuels tough creative decisions, a check-in on the agency model, and whether agency IP is ever going to be a big deal. I didn't know advertising existed until I was like 25. You can't say this now at all, but like I grew up watching The Cosby Show. And it was like, that was a th- the thing. And so you were going to either going to be Heathcliff or Claire. Um, and, and it was like a private, pri- you know, like that's like, that's what th- the opportunities were, you know, yeah. for, for, for like somebody who was, um, you know, for if, into, uh, ambitious in any way, it would be like, okay, well I, I can be either of those two people. Which um, one did you want to be? Uh, well, my, my whole, my whole family were, were, there was a lot of lawyers in my family. And, um, so I, I, I leaned toward that night. I did go to law school for one day. I was, I was a religious studies major in college. Um, and I was kind of the, the whole while thinking, okay, well, you know, I've, after I've, you know, um, played around here in, in this space and then I could fall back on, on getting a more long-term uh, you know, sort of career um, in, 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 in law if I wanted to. And after a year of teaching, uh, two years of teaching, actually, uh, I took the LSAT, did that whole thing. Um, and the first day, I mean, I swear to God, the first day I was like, what the fuck have I done? Like, this is, this is crazy. I was aware that everybody there was more passionate about that thing than I was. You know, like I remember the professor made this joke about ex post facto or something, and it was like, uh, wait, and you didn't oh, laugh. Yeah, I didn't. I was like the only person who didn't laugh. It was. It was like, 
you know, I, I, I looked around and everybody's like, oh my God, that was hysterical. And, and, I, and, and yeah, I didn't. But you were out of place again. Yeah, I was out of place. And I, I literally, at that moment, I grabbed my, th- my books and I drove to the beach and I just sat there and I, I waited about an hour to make sure that this is something that I was committed to. And I called my, my mom and dad and, and I knew they weren't going to take it well and they didn't take it well. Um, and I, and I was just like, I'm not going to do it. Um, and I was like, I think that was like a really important experience for me. I think just to like, I think I'm sure all of us have this is kind of like when you, when you think about when you become a, you know, an adult self, part of that is separation from, from, from our parents. Right. And and that was definitely a a moment where calling them and saying, I'm I'm not going to do this thing. And and there was an element of rejection in that too. Right. Because it's, I'm not going to do the thing that you did, you know, um, that was important to you. Um, so that was, uh, that was hard. What happened next? Uh, I worked, uh, I worked at Netscape and like at the front desk and, and I, Learned to code at night, actually. Um, I became a, 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 a C-plus compiler and developer. Uh, and, uh, and I just took these classes at night. And, and it was like, it was, it was at the time, it was like the, you know, kind of first dot-com boom. And it felt like everybody was getting kind of like massively rich. And I was like, ooh, that sounds awesome. Uh, and you had and, to learn to code to do that. Yeah, you and, you did, and, you, and, and you did. And you did. And it didn't, it doesn't feel, it, like it feels more far-fetched now. But like, that's what you did. You know, you were like, Oh man, I like those people are all rich. Then I'll, I'll, I'll figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I was aware that I was like, this is not my, my thing. Like put, putting on headphones every day and get and you know, working on a Unix system like, um, and, and being incredibly passionate about, you know, about code. I realized very quickly wasn't, wasn't my jam, you know? Um, and, uh, and then I, you know, I kind of left that thing, um, and uh, and I traveled around the world for a year, and uh, and I ran into a uh, to a guy that I I'd known for a while, and uh, and he was like, hey, do you know about advertising? Um, and, and I said, no, and he said, you should check it out. Um, and I said, okay, cool. just like that. Yeah. Do you know about advertising? Yeah, it was it was it was pretty wild. Like he he. He, I, I knew that he had a cool job and like he seemed like a good dude. You know what I mean? It was kind of that. I've, like, it's, it's like, you know, as much as we make it seem like vocations are, you know, um, you know, kind of almost predestined yeah, in a way, totally, right? Like, t- totally. But usually, and it's funny, so many people, most of the people we've had on the show who, you know, d- kind of fell into it, and most people did, yeah. always have this like person who's sort of like, hey, do you know about this thing? It seems cool. Yeah. And it seems like a good person totally. telling that story and therefore. And that's what it, that's enough. I, I think that's so much of what it comes down to. And it was like, and I, and I went and visited him at, um, he was at, um, uh, he was at Shiat, uh, in San Francisco and I walked into the office and I was like, wow, this is cool, man. I mean, people like wear their jeans and, um, and, and, and like listen to the music they want to. That seems cool. Like I'm about that. I, I was like, okay, well I'm going to do this. And like, and you know, I, I, I definitely grew, I, my, my parents are amazing in that they did make me feel for good and for bad. Like I could do anything like, you know, it was like, if you want to be an NBA basketball player, you can do that. Like if you want to be like, and I, and that was awesome. And, and like, and, 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 and I would deal with the harsh reality of realizing that that's not the case. You're you know? not a very good, yeah, NBA totally. basketball I'm, I'm not good at basically everything. Um, so there's a lot of heartache to follow the, that, 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 you know, um, opportunity, but um, so what I did is, this is so crazy now that I think about it. Well, I flew to New York. I had a friend who lived in Washington Heights. I, I like stayed on his couch and I had this, I had like one suit 
And I put on this suit and I, I printed up a resume that had not like that has the jobs that I've talked about, like working at Chili's kindergarten teacher, law school dropout. And I was like, Oh hell yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to walk Madison Ave and then I'm going to go down to this new place, Varick Ave and I'm going to crush, you know? And I went into these office buildings and like I went and I remember the one I remembered so distinctly was, was Sachi and Sachi and like, and this is not a knock on Sachi. It was just a big building. Like it was a huge building. And I walked in and I was like, uh, it was like unbelievable, you know? Um, and I went to the front desk guy and I was like, Hey, here's my resume. I didn't know that he didn't work at Saatchi or he didn't have any affiliation. He was just a security guard working the front desk of this massive building. And I handed him my, my resume and he's like, cool, thanks. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And I was like, done. You know, like this is, uh, see you. And now we can go. Yeah, t- totally. See you on my podcast. Um, no, it was, uh, I did that like for like two days and nobody ever called me back, man. Like not even close. Like nobody emailed, nobody did. Well, you'd given your resume to the I, security I, I, guard. No, I no just, security I guards. To... No security guards in New York called me back. Want to point that That's out. true. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. After a quick break, Neil will talk about how agencies stay relevant in a time when the importance of advertising is in question. But first, I want to tell you all about Digiday Plus, our premium membership product. Join our community and get a first-hand look at how digital is transforming the world of media. You'll get exclusive research, Digiday Magazine, and invitations to exclusive member-only events. And it's only $3.95 a year. You can sign up at digiday.com. And to get 25% off your subscription, enter the code starting out at checkout. Now, back to the episode. So what happened then? So I, I went to Miami at school and did uh, the planning boot camp in San Francisco. And it was really awesome. Uh, and out of that, uh, I, I got an opportunity to, to go up and see, see somebody at Wide Portland. Um, and they were intrigued by my experience as a teacher, actually. Um, and, and the fact that I didn't have advertising experience, which was really refreshing and nice. Um, and, uh, and then I, I did uh, like a six-month stint there as, as a, um, like a freelancer and worked on a pitch. And then, uh, and then from there, I got a job at Fallon in, in Minneapolis and I've bounced around since, yeah. So the thing you just said is interesting that sort of they were intrigued that you didn't have advertising experience. And it's something you, you increasingly hear a lot more people in this business say, like, I don't want to hire. Sure, I want to hire those people too, but I don't just want to hire the portfolio school grad who's done all those things, maybe as an MBA, depending on what part of advertising they want to end up in and went down the path. I, w- I want the person who was, I don't know, a dancer. I want to hear, I want to hear from somebody who was an artist. What about those skill sets kind of appeals so much to people in the advertising world? Why is, why is that so priced? Because it is unique compared to other professions and which require a lot of, which require a certain path or a certain degree or a certain qualification to go down. I think ultimately advertising is, it's, it's, a, it's a weird industry, right? Because you don't actually benefit from, from knowledge up or love for advertising, you know? And, and it's, it's one of the few industries that kind of works that way because it's, it's like you don't actually have, there's not massive benefit in being awesome at advertising. Um, the far more valuable sort of, you know, skill set and mindset is, is having curiosity about the, the things around the periphery, right? Uh, you know, having knowledge of the world outside of advertising actually helps, it behooves you in advertising. So, so I think that what we, we, when you hear that, I, I think it's people typically saying, 
you know, I really value having, a, you know, somebody's perspective outside of this industry because that actually helps us in this industry. We have there, you know, like there, I'm not dis- diminishing the skills that are inherent in, in, in what we do on a day-to-day basis, copywriting, art direction, all these sorts of things. But like, but if you can take that and you can combine that with a, a really personal point of view on the world that's been shaped by real experiences, then that's, it seems like that that's where the magic happens more times than not. Was that more important sort of where you sort of your path ended up, which is, you know, more on the planning side. Did, did that natural curiosity help a lot there? Oh yeah, de- definitely. I mean, I, I, I think feeling uncomfortable all the time, you know, really made me uh, keenly aware of of my sense of being the other, but as much of the, kind of what uh, you know everyone else might be feeling as well, um, and and that curiosity of kind of like what a, what does everybody else feel here? Why do you why why do maybe you seem as uncomfortable as I do? That sort of kind of experience and, and shared perspective, like um, I think you're constantly being um, asked to wear somebody else's shoes. You know what I mean? I think you're always looking at like because they because you know listen, everybody would tell you right that that the sample of one thing is is never useful, right? Like well, when I you know when when I used to wear Jordans, that's not helpful for anybody, right? Um, what's far more interesting and 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 productive is is somebody who can say, well, I spent t- time like really you know kind of understanding you know, who the audience is that we're talking about, you know, um, and, and, and what I've, you know, what I've realized is X. Um, and, and that, you know, that starts from a place of empathy and, and, and real curiosity. You know, um, I think every one of our clients has, has a very different and very, very, in some ways, very specific consumer that you're constantly, it's almost like method acting. You're putting yourselves in, in their perspective and kind of going, all right, how would they feel? And, and and you know, kind of, um, and 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 receive anything that we're that we're talking about. You know? The advertising industry is always interesting because, especially when I look at, you know, especially on the insights or the consumer insights part of it, part mm. of functions of agencies is so much of it is looking at wide, varied masses of people, and then doing the job of kind of distilling it down to a few basic things. And mm. I think that can go that can go in great places when it really is what they're distilled down to, or it can go in really bad places where you can't really take a diverse group mm. of massive humanity and sort of bring it down to its basic level, which I often wonder if it's the problem when we talk about diversity in advertising or what we end up seeing on the screen doesn't reflect how actual human beings are or actual people behave, that the entire job is really about distilling things down to its simplest bits, which yeah. can cause a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. I mean, I, I find that most of the work that we do is actually less about a clever insight into millennials, for, for God's sakes, um, or, or something as large as that. I mean, I, I think what, where, where we provide a lot of value typically is in actually kind of reassessing the, the problem. You know, it's by actually, I think, I think what, we've, what we try to do at Widen is, is, is just be as honest as possible. Um, at all times and and it, and it's a very and I, and I think that our independence allows for that like I think it's a pretty special place that you that you're basically told to have an honest perspective all the time um, and it's kind of like shocking um, oftentimes because it's it, it's like kind of like hey in a second like I pay you to you know in some part 
to be responsive to what I'm asking you to do. But our best clients look at us as partners and they, and they, and they'll, they'll say, Hey, what do you, it's kind of like you're side by side and you go, what do you think? And we go, well, we think, we think the real problem is X. And I think that the, the ability to say that that's been born of years that Dan's been building this place, um, is, is so sort of refreshing, I think for the, for, for the types of clients that we, um, connect with. Um, and then from there it's like, okay, so now let's figure out how to address that problem with this, with this very specific audience. But it, it, but the truth is, is definitely our thing. And it's the thing that I think is most important to, to our Why is the independence bit so important to that? Cause arguably I think a lot of agencies would say, well, clients are, we have to be good partners for our clients, not kind of be there, you know, service mules or anything, just not just do what they say. But I think there's something to the independence argument that at least right now feels, feels real, feels actually relevant. Yeah. I mean, I, um, the independence is everything, honestly, because it, it gives there, there's always this sense that it's okay to say what you think is the right thing. If you've believed that, and, and that could be at the risk of some client being getting upset or even worse, feeling like I, I, I don't want to work with you guys anymore. Um, but like that's so a part of our ethos that like that, that it's, it's what we do all the time and, and, or what we try to do all the time. Um, and, and I think the independence is what allows you to do that because, because I, I think, um, it, if you're, you know, if, if, if you're publicly held and there's a lot of pressure on maintaining and growing clients at all times, and, and it goes back to quarterly growth and all these things, um, then your propensity for, for, for being honest in hard situations probably goes down. But you still have to make money. Yeah, we do. But like, it doesn't seem like you've that's, got 14,000, I don't know how many employees have you got now, but yeah, I mean, but like, but I think our brand is so built around this thing and I think it, it and it's and it and it ends up being kind of self-perpetuating because we end up having getting clients who really like that you know um, because it's such a trademark of ours you know what is the ideal agency model I think it's it's interest it's been interesting to watch kind of widen especially try in some ways to claw back or correct some of what I think have been historically some of the bigger mistakes on mm. the agency side, which have been kind of separating creative and media and creating those silos and then bringing digital into it and then realizing that actually those two things are inextricably linked. And then watching Wyden kind of almost try and recorrect that or correct that in some way over the last few years has been interesting to watch because I think most people sort of thought of it as it's a creative agency, and then actually mm. turns out it's it's doing all the other things as well. What works? What about the model works? Um, it's funny. I mean, we actually don't we don't spend a lot we don't spend time kind of talking about models, and 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 um and I and I say that because I'm just realizing that if that's the case, it's been by accident, <laughs> you know. And and I think um I think I, I think what what does make widen kind of um pretty um. Uh, kind of flexible and and dynamic, I guess, is that our playbook is so simple. It's just like we get well. Let's do the best work possible, and work that influences culture. And and if that's your goal, then the way that you get there, and the things that you need to get there, are are kind of up for grabs. Um, so it's our 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 intention is so simple and and single minded that like. 
I think it, it just kind of you naturally gravitate. So it never feels like we never like sit there and go, we get, you know, a bunch of people in a room and go, all right, guys, this year's the year of ad tech, you know, um, it's every year is the year of ad tech. <laughs> that's yeah, that's assumed. Um, it's, it, it's just kind of like, all right, how are we going to, how are we going to get to work? That's going to change culture in some way. And it's going to be like, Oh, we need to grab that person and like grab Jess and bring her in or grab so-and-so and bring him in and you know, like, and, and then it just kind of happens. Um, so there is, we're, we're real low on process and I mean, that's being generous. Um, and we're real low on, on, um, sort of kind of models and structure. Um, but we're real big on, on just kind of like real clear single minded goals. And like once we've found that, like, if we're just really clear on what we're, we're always reminding people what we're trying to do, that, that it's amazing to watch how people respond and, and, and how, um, sort of dynamic they are and how they they get to that next step so like the, the work itself changes because people are, are just like you know the, the, if the goal is the same the way that they get there changes all the time but the advertising part of marketing is becoming less relevant yeah yeah totally how does that then play into it because it's the work doesn't look like the work looked like five years ago yeah. or even like look like six months ago advertising i was just talking to um the CMO of JP Morgan, and mm. she, she literally said, top five in my priorities, fifth came advertising. And that's yeah. not something you'd normally hear yeah. marketers say. Mm, totally. And, and we don't disagree with that. I mean, it, it's like, I, I mean, it's, I, I think it's kind of inarguable that, 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 that um, advertising as a vehicle is, is kind of like, is like, is eroding, at least at this moment, in importance. But, but, but brand is still incredibly important and 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 i think what we we try to do more and more is we just we just try to be partners to our clients and, and so like that means lots of different it means very different things than what it, it would have meant five years ago so okay. like five years ago it was like okay he, here's the thing that i want to communicate or here here's you know here's our advertising challenge and now it's like how do i make my brand relevant in culture that's a that's an incredibly awesome and wide open sort of opportunity and we see it as such like like I, I find this time now to be just like awesome, you know, because it feels like the chance to like do something transformative and to like really change the way that people see what we what we do. And um, and yet it's, it's it's very similar. It's still taking our creativity and applying it to businesses. It just the manifestations different. You know, like it's just like the output isn't a you know isn't a spot. Like the output is is, you know, we always joke about the hold music, you know, it's like, it's, it's every aspect of a company's business. Um, and I think the only thing that, that the only trick that we had to kind of go through was just to kind of make sure that everybody understood that, like, you know, that we're, we're co-owners of these things for, for our clients. We are, you know, you know, we, we are deep partners. It's not just, it, it's not just about what the advertising that we would want to do. It's about, us being in the trenches with them and helping every aspect of their business. But I think on the surface, there is a lot of people who are in the industry or entering the industry who are still thinking in the 30 second spot. That's what's mm. that's what's motivating them. I yeah. The business challenge, it sounds, it is fun and mm. motivational and like a long-term perspective and a short-term perspective. It's kind of, but I came into advertising because it's cool when I get to make cool TV ads and that's it. It's sort of the very promise of what the industry was supposed to be is completely different. I'd say that even younger folks getting into the business now are clear that like it's it's 
it's a much broader surface area than making a 30 second spot. I don't think, I don't think people coming into the game now are like, get me to shutters as, as you know, as fast as possible. And I want to spend $2 million on production. Like that's just not, it's not a thing any of us and go to Budapest. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's just some shit that like people just don't really do anymore. I mean, um, and, uh, and I, I think, you know, the way that we see it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not just like, we're solve like we're we're writing decks and you know and and we're adding like a little flair to to the to the to you know to either the, the look or the messaging. It's much more to do with that. There's actually things that we were contributing to that are actually more formative to the to to their business. So like like even you know like on you know with Bud Light like we we work on packaging. We work on uh, we we do events stuff with them. We we do uh, we, you know there there was a cease and desist thing like where. There was a competitive brewery, a small batch brewery in in, in Massachusetts that can kind of brewed a batch of dilly dilly beer, and we talked to the lawyers at Bud Light. We're like, hey, before you guys do anything, like, can, can we get involved? And um, and it was awesome. It was a it was a, it's a it's a very clear example of if of how you can take creativity and apply it to nearly every aspect of a client's business and have it be be a, a more interesting output. Yeah. Moving to sort of media for a little bit, do you mm. think sort of that we're we're hitting the kind of end of the reach and scale argument with clients? That I think for eight years, clients were sitting there saying, "All I want is the most." Mm. And I think when you look at how what's happening with Facebook or what's happening with all of the platforms, the way media is just being bought is mm. completely different. Has is how do you sort of think of kind of the media buying part of the business and how that's changing? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that we're that, that any client is 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 like willing to sacrifice scale. Like, I mean, that's that's not coming up in meetings, you know, where it's like, oh, just give me give me four or five people. Um, it's it's still scales very much the game, um, but it, it's it's being creative and and provocative in the way that you get there, you know, um, you know. Uh, it, it, you know, like I'll, I'll stay with the Bud, Bud Light as an example. But it's like when we, we did, you know, we did the dive bar tour. Um, that again, five years ago, ten years ago, that would have been a small, intimate event that reached 130, 200 people. Um, but now, with the platforms at our disposal and you know, partners like Facebook, where you'd go, all right, we we can actually create scale out of very intimate, interesting experiences. That combination of things is where I think the media landscape is getting interesting. But they're still willing to put money behind that oh, yeah. to actually oh, make that happen. Ab- absolutely. You know, I, I think w- w- far more of the conversation is about how do I create something meaningful, do something meaningful, create something meaningful, and then from there, create scale, right? Before, you, you just didn't have that first part of the conversation. Do you think agencies as a whole, and not widen, um, run the risk of irrelevance? Um, I mean, I could be, you know, maybe on the deck of the Titanic saying this, um, but like, I I wouldn't say so. I mean, I don't feel that every day. I mean, I, I, you know, I definitely feel, um, like that we're in the midst of an industry that's changing and, um, but like name an industry that's not changing massively right now. You know, we're going through a massive digital industrial revolution and like, um, and I think everybody's figuring out where we fit in, in the world going forward. I'd bet on any any creative entity that that is um, uh, that is clear in what it wants to accomplish and flexible in how it gets there. And I think I think we certainly have some of that. You know, agency IP to mm. make real revenue. Mm. True, gonna happen. 
is happening. Oh, man. Because uh, I will tell you, I have heard that argument yeah. for years. Yeah. Where agencies will go. And you're sort of seeing this on the publisher side, too, kind of trying to make money off commerce. Is see, the see, new- I'm, I'm squirming my seat right now. Um, yeah, I don't really buy that. Um, I, tell me why. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll be proven wrong by a, a million examples of agency going and making IP and making you know lots of money. Um, but the agency brewing like a small batch gin right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I just think that when you look at commercial successes, they're always born of people who live and breathe that thing all day long, every day. When you look at the great founder stories of any good company, it starts the same, right? It's like I, I woke up one night and realized I had this problem and I had to do it and I've done everything in my, you know, my power since that day to accomplish this dream. And I think it's really hard to, for agencies to compete with that because it's no matter how you look at it, it's a side job, you know? Um, so I'm not saying, I, I think there are certainly, you know, you can set up an incubator, you can set up small factions within an agency where that's the sole purpose of what they do. Um, but I think it's really hard. I think it's really hard because the best, you know, the best examples come from, from an, an incredible passion and, and applied in, in, a, in an incredibly intense way over lots of years. Yeah, because it's a commonly fired salvo when people, you know, say, well, margins are being lowered, you're making less money, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. We're just going to make our own stuff. Yeah, totally. And like, again, like, like, and it's not to say that there's tons of ideas. That's why the, the temptation comes from the idea that like agencies are where ideas happen. There's tons of places, there's tons of, there's, you know, tons of opportunities. Yeah, but like, man, to make that thing a reality is like three years later and like nights and weekends of ruining your life in order to make that happen. And like, and everybody in an advertising agency and in a creative companies typically have like an ADD, you know? Um, and so like, I'll forget what my idea was a month ago. You know what I mean? I was like, oh man, we need to make some weed. And then I'm like, oh no, what was I doing? <laughs> um, so I, I is just- Is that think, your big idea? That is, it's, it's yeah. You let the cat I'm, out I'm, the so, bag, I'm so glad we're this here. This is it. I, this is my announcement. That's, That's my announcement. Um, yeah, I just I, I just think that agencies don't have the the aren't built to typically have the follow through and commitment to those things. That's Neil Arthur, and that's a wrap for today's show. Thank you for listening. Our producer is Aditi Sangal. If you like our show, please subscribe and share. How you do that? Rate us and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. We're also on Anchor.fm. I'm Shreen Patek, and we'll see you next week.